Hey gang, this is Chris coming to you from Editing in the Future. Wanted to just thank you all for listening in advance and give you a little content warning for this episode. As this episode is on dark humor, we delve a little more into that kind of humor. And as we'll discuss, it can be offensive to some people. If you feel that darker subjects aren't to be joked about, this might not be the episode for you. With that said, on with the show! Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed, for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm James Wyatt Scott, defender of evil. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Wait, why are you defending evil? Evil needs defenders too. No, no. One's, no one's really out there talking about the true issues. There's two sides to each story. You know what I'm saying? That is absolutely true. If I've learned anything from watching the movie Legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite devil. Oh, oh Tim, Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah, Man. of course. That was such a good devil. <laughs> So, this week, uh, as Lindsay is in Wasteland Weekend, it is our 60th episode. Fuck yes, so is. We got awesome. we got ourselves uh, James White Scott here. Are number 60? You were number 60. I gotta come back in nine episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a sex thing. <laughs> we are going to talk this episode about dark humor. We had yes. mentioned it in our uh, lesser known mental, like, depression symptoms episode a few back. And the more that I was kind of looking into it, the more I was realizing that there's a lot of depth to that mm-hmm. in and of itself. Just the idea of black humor, dark humor, mm-hmm. uh, gallows humor, whatever you want to call it. It has ties to stress. It has ties to depression. It has ties to anxiety. It has ties to a whole bunch of aspects. So Absolutely. Let's dive in real quick. Yeah. Uh, what I'll, is dark humor? Well, first of all, oh, I want to yes. begin by asking what kind of autopsy you were watching when I got in. <laughs> so I was I was actually watching uh, the HBO series Autopsy. Oh, there's an HBO series? Oh, oh look at that Dude, guy. it was a documentary series for like... Autopsy all, for like, two decades. Speak. Damn, why did I know about this? I don't know. I could have sworn I've told you about it at least once, but... I'm going to get into that. But it anyway... Is, it is amazing. It's case files. It's like forensic files, but without the like... Ooh, we can't show dead bodies. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's actual. Like there you Sweet. go. Wait, it's like the. Uh, it's like what you would watch after the first forty-eight. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So just, starting off. Yeah. What is dark humor? Yeah, dark humor. Uh, hey, Rock River. Uh, what's the difference between uh, three dead ba- or or a bunch of dead babies and a Corvette? Don't have a Corvette in my garage. Damn right. So dark humor is typically at the expense of stuff that is, for all intents and purposes, out of our control. Right. It is for death, disease, uh, war, uh, you name it. There is there is humor that is surrounding it. So yeah. uh, there there is a there is, however, a distinct difference between uh, dark humor uh, or black humor, and what is called blue humor. Blue humor, right? right. Blue humor is more like just rude, kind of. You know, it yeah. has to do with sex and poop. And like that joke I made like four seconds ago. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I feel like dead baby jokes fall under dark humor. Yeah, or more the, than the 69 joke. Oh, the 69 joke. Humor. That was blue humor. Yeah. yeah good setup. Yeah. <laughs> so, so James and I are both practitioners of dark humor. Definitely. It is, it is more or less how we uh, survive. Absolutely. Uh, we I mean, don't. <laughs> I make a joke about my uncle molesting me like once a day. Yeah, exactly, and that is, of course, not factually accurate. Right, exactly, <laughs> but it is. It is something that you know we go into, and we have to have these kind of moments of understanding it, mm-hmm. like where these dark. Because I mean, I'm assuming when you were five years old. I could have gone somewhere there, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> when you were five years old, you were, of course, uh, not telling those kind of jokes. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I was a pretty uh, I was a pretty dark-humored pr- kid as Pretty well. edgy kid? Yeah, I was an edgelord little kid. Do you remember, though, when you first like were drawn to that kind of humor? I mean, I started... I remember specifically, this is such an odd memory as a kid, I was probably nine or ten years old, and it was, I. it sounds, like I said, it sounds so like, I, but uh, mm-hmm. my mom was worried because I kept drawing pictures of football players maiming each other, like their heads were coming off and yeah, shit, well, I love that shit. Yeah, you know? of course, because like, games like Mutant League Football. Exactly, like I yeah. loved Mutant League Football, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, that's like dark humor for kids, I feel like. You sure. It's definitely like... Uh, a beginning foray into dark humor. I mean, if you think about it, like, kind of like Tom and Jerry, mm-hmm. yes, the, Simpsons, totally. the Simpsons, you know, the yeah. Simpsons are the greatest purveyors of dark humor Definitely. outside of, like, South Park and whatnot. Definitely. Where you, you, you have these, you have these characters in situations where all they can do is just go, well, let's make fun of it. Yeah. I mean, Futurama has the suicide booth. Yes. You know, you go in and pay a nickel and it'll commit suicide for you however you want. That's I, great dark humor. I actually just saw uh, uh, a meme the, uh, just earlier today where uh, it was the vision that our parents had for us and it was the Jetsons. <laughs> oh, the yeah. vision that we want and it was the suicide booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, totally. So yeah. it, 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 it's kind of... Um, I think the most fascinating thing about it is, like I said, with like Tom and Jerry, mm. th- that's slapstick humor. Yeah, like right. it's it's you know beating each other up, it's you right. know it's blowing up each other with bombs, and you know yeah. it's whatever that is. It's dark but... because what it uh, insinuates, yes, like, this would murder them in a horrible way, but mm-hmm. in this case, they're going to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, or dark humor, we can kind of trace back way far back. Yeah. I as I was kind of studying into this like interesting. You you look into like Greek comedies. Okay. Like we're talking ancient Greek comedies. They're all dark humor. Right. They're Very almost dark. exclusively dark humor. Yeah. Like there is a certain dark humor around uh plays like Lysistrata mm. where it's just like okay, the men want to keep going to war. We're not fucking them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, like, that's the whole premise of the play. We're tired of you guys going to kill yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're just going to kill you differently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean... That's interesting. It, yeah. I, th- I think for me, the, what drew me to dark humor was actually George Carlin. Okay. Um, he was great dark humor. Yes. He was, he was the quintessential, like purveyor of my childhood's yeah, kind of dark humor in totally. that you know the idea of uh getting rid of golf courses 
uh, to provide homes for the homeless. Yeah. And let's get rid of let's get rid of graveyards too. Right. <laughs> just, oh, just, dude. Just dig should. up grandma and yeah. let's go ahead and don't even start on our graveyard. Oh no, trust me, we've we've had these conversations. Yeah. yeah. But Wait, but that is interesting. And you know, his was honest, uh, real dark humor about real situations versus like uh, like. A weird dark humor, like a dead baby joke is a very, yes. like, abstract, I feel like, dark humor. Or um, serial killer jokes. Like, serial those killer are, jokes. You know, those are more in the realm of uh, not so... They are rooted in reality, for sure. But sure. we're not really talking about real situations. And I don't know. You know what I mean? You, I know exactly that, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Where do you... Or why do you think we find solace in dark humor? Oh, man, that's a very good question. And I don't want to jump the gun, but yeah. we were talking about people who use dark humor. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. And it's it can definitely be a coping mechanism for people with certain jobs. You know, I mm-hmm. like police, yeah. for sure. Police use dark humor to cope Military. With, yeah, military. Doctors. Definitely. Firefighters. Funeral directors. Funeral directors, man. Funeral directors are stand-up comedians in their own right. They very much are. They have to come up with an entire set of shit to say that's going to be light enough and maybe even a joke or two. Mm. You know, there's always... I don't know. You're dealing with constant grief from the people that you have to interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Any humor that comes out of you is going to be dark humor at that point. I don't think you can come up with anything that's not. I don't think think they'd want you to come (laughs) up with anything. No, no, definitely not. This is a very dark time and we need... If it's going to be humor, it's going to have to be dark humor. But, yeah, like, uh, I had a friend growing up who was a police officer. He's a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. And he said um, they pulled up to this car accident, and a guy had flown out of his windshield, hit the metal barrier on the side of the road, and his head exploded. And he Jeez. said there are brains everywhere. They're getting there, and there's brains all over the concrete. And they had just been at Waffle House. And he said, well, who brought their hash browns to the scene of the crime? You know, that was like the first thing he said when he got on the scene. (laughs) That was sort of my introduction. He told me this joke when I was probably like 13 years old. Yeah. You know, and that was my introduction. I was like, that is horrible. How could you say that? This is such a serious, dark thing that someone lost their husband. And he kind of was saying, yeah, that's why I have to make a joke about it. He's like, if I get there and cry at every scene, I'm going to kill myself. You know, he's like, oh, there's nothing. There's. It's an outlet. It's definitely an outlet. I think that's one of the most important takeaways for for this kind of humor is, yeah, of course, it is in intrinsically offensive. Definitely. Like, you can say from an objective point of view that yeah. that is, you know, those are all offensive yeah. jokes to people. It's almost the purpose of them. But that's that's exactly right. Yeah. It's the It's the matter of... If you are offended by every single little thing, you're going to spend more time being offended than you are taking action. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, there's a quote. um, To be able to laugh at evil and error means we have surmounted them. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a really telling aspect of how dark humor is utilized. Yeah. You you can't... uh, (laughs) <laughs> to be able to just laugh yeah, at something is the, is the first sign that okay we're going to be make okay. it through we're going to make, make it, it through, through. Yeah. yeah yeah i can't even get over people who 
who can't make d- those jokes. I know, I know. I, I just don't want to live my life like that, to be honest. I mean, we, we, we're we only here for a handful of years, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't want to get so hung up on every little thing, and I I don't know. You know, I my friend was murdered. I'm sure I mentioned it on the last time I came mm-hmm. on here, but uh, I was just saying the other day that he and I had this, like, when we were about 12 years old, had this crush on the same girl, and we were in this situation where we were both, like, trying to be this girl's boyfriend. And our Marine friend at work said, well, if he had just died back then, you could have just had her to yourself. <laughs> and that is it's horrible. But, that's, but I, did, I needed that. You, you needed know? that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really, yeah, that was great. You, you, you have these kind of amazing memories that can be flipped on their head like i mean you also i remember you telling me you were in new orleans uh like after katrina yeah yeah like that is that is devastating to be surrounded by that yeah yeah it was absolutely devastating and i it was a town that i had grown up in on top of that and i had seen it in a completely different way and it's an entire city you know it was like imagine if your house got ransacked times, you know, a hundred, and mm-hmm. that's what it was like. And, yeah, it was de- it was absolutely some dark humor going around. You know, I mean, there had to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, uh, the fascinating thing about, like, that kind of dark humor, because, I mean, when you experience death firsthand, mm-hmm. if you go to, like, uh, a wake mm-hmm. or something where there's, you know, people telling stories, the best stories that someone will tell are almost always going to be humorous. Yeah, definitely. They're talking about whoever it was. I, I I'm going to put a video also in this uh, on this episode. It is uh, John Cleese speaking at Graham Chapman's funeral, uh-huh. where uh, he he started off by like quoting the parrot sketch from yeah. Monty Python. Yeah, and he got to a point where he said, "And I guess that we're all thinking how sad it is." that a man of such talent, of such capability, the kindness, of such unusual intelligence, should now so suddenly be spirited away at the age of only 48, before he'd achieved many of the things of which he was capable, and before he'd had enough fun. Well, I feel that I should say nonsense. Good riddance to him, the freeloading bastard I hope he's found. <laughs> and like, totally. and everyone in the crowd is just losing it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Cleese immediately follows it up with like, And the reason I feel I should say this, <laughs> is he would never forgive me if I didn't. If I threw, threw away this glorious opportunity to shock you all on his behalf. Anything for him but mindless good taste. I could hear him whispering in my ear last night as I was writing this, all right, please, he was saying, you're very proud of being the very first person ever to say shit on British television. If this service is really for me, just for starters, I want you to become the first person ever at a British memorial service to say fuck. (laughs) 
he, no, he, absolutely. That's me, and that I want my funeral to be a fucking roast. Like, yes, I just want. Don't talk nice about me. Don't don't bullshit. Like roast me. I would love to see it. <laughs> I might would... even have my funeral before I die, just so that I can get roasted. <laughs> At my funeral. That's actually a really interesting <laughs> idea. Comedy Central, if you're listening, get on that yeah. funeral roast. Yeah, funeral roast. Pre-funeral roast. Pre-funeral roast. <laughs> you would lay in a coffin instead of sit on that big throne, and all your friends would talk about oh, you like you're dead, <laughs> but in a very honest way. I've already seen, like, uh, there was... The Comedy Central roast just recently of Alec Baldwin. Uh. And, oh man, I forget the comic's name, but they just laid into Robert De Niro basically being like... It's okay. I know you're confused. <laughs> Oatmeal's coming. <laughs> and see, that's another good dark humor. I think roasting each other is uh, is a definitely a form of dark humor. Yeah, and it's this great thing. I I got I've got the chance. I was at the comedy store one night, like a year ago or so, mm-hmm. and I ran across Jeff Ross, and I just asked him. I was like, "Anything? Will you roast me?" Mm-hmm. And he just stood there for like five minutes, and he was like, "You look like," he said, uh, "You look like." Brad Pitt shit you out or something. He's like, he just, <laughs> he just roasted me and it was the greatest thing ever. And it's like being, being roasted. It's like you said, it's like that you, and you see people at comedy clubs and stuff who get very offended. And oh, get very yeah. deeply. Like it does absolutely get under their skin. How dare you speak yeah. to me that way? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, that's dark humor. A lot know? of Karens out there. Yeah. A lot of Karens out there. There's did not know where they were going that night. Oh my God. No. Uh, the, the follow up to this is also memes mm-hmm. in at least our generation for sure. Yeah. Uh, we have things like, uh oh god what was it called um cheerful nihilism okay there is an entire site of cheerful nihilism where they will provide you know various memes things that are completely and totally removed from the idea of (laughs) like normal humor yeah i love that I love a good meme. Like taking <laughs> taking big things and making them small, but taking smaller things and making them bigger. Right. There is a sort of hilarious darkness it's to like, that. It's like you're facing your giant. If you can make a joke about it, like you said, yeah. yeah. You know, when I was thinking about military, I mean, mm-hmm. those are the, those guys over in war, you know, sometimes I was just watching this documentary recently, mm-hmm. um, and I can't, of course, uh, it was, oh, I can't remember. I'll, I'll I'll send you. I'll text it to you or something. You can yeah. get the link. But uh, it was this documentary that followed some Marines in uh, Iraq. Yeah. And sometimes they didn't know the cameras were rolling. Oh, of course. <laughs> and oh man, yeah, it's very very dark humor. But you could tell that it was coming from a place of. It was called like Obscura something Obscura. It's this documentary. Mm-hmm. I actually don't recommend it if if. For the faint of heart, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of death in it as well. Of course, yeah. I mean, that kind of comes with hand in hand. Yeah, but I mean, can, I mean, but I can't imagine, you know, that is definitely a giant monster worth facing if you're in a situation like that. Like, police officers share the same experience where uh, it's different from other professions where your life literally is in danger mm-hmm. at all times even a, when a, when you're a police officer and you go home there's still there could be someone after you right now i mean yeah. there could be someone who you put in jail who 
you know, your fucking head is, there's a price tag on your head yeah. or some shit. Any moment your life is in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with paramedics and doctors, yeah. medical people who have to deal with, you know, they are not only putting themselves at risk. Right. When it's, you know, they're dealing with a lot of, at least with paramedics, you yeah. go to crime scenes, you go to places where there could be active shooters. Yeah. Uh, or you're a doctor and you're surrounded by disease. Yeah, totally. You're you're exposed to everything all day, every day of your life. All it takes and, is one bad needle prick and, and, and your life's to, gone. And not to mention the reason, one of the reasons why I could never be a paramedic is because I cannot do blood. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like blood. <laughs> but also, um, imagine being reminded of your mortality so many times a day. Imagine oh. every single time you show up and that absolutely could be you. On the, and that's why, you know, I've seen a few dead bodies in my day, and that's sure. that's every time it's affected me like that, like, you definitely see yourself in a glimpse of that body. And that is, it's a very traumatic experience. That's why people don't like dead bodies, you know? No. Human beings don't like to see, I don't think any... I don't think anybody Any likes creature. Seeing, well, well uh, some, some Ted Bundy really likes Ted Bundy loves dead bodies. God damn it. <laughs> Ed Gain, like, have you seen Ed Gain's furniture? I've seen all of it. It furniture. is so good. Yeah. So well crafted. It's I cannot believe. Horrifying. It's very horrifying. But, oh my God. Holy yeah, shit. He the, was very good. Yeah. If the he had just, If he had just gone with leather and, you know, wood. Instead of human <laughs> flesh and bone? Yeah, it would have been. And vaginas and ears. Yeah, he could have made He could have made a Mint. I could have. He very well could have. Oi. There's that alternate reality somewhere out there where Ed Gein was just a very good taxidermist <laughs> instead of yeah. a serial killer. Yeah, it and totally monster. would have been fine if it had just been animals. But where's the fun in that rock river? <laughs> Everyone no, does that. There's no thrill in that. Yeah, I'm cornering the market here. <laughs> And you and you just want to send me to prison for it. Oh God! Uh, uh, so there's there's another aspect of dark humor. It's going to be the last part of it. Uh, there has actually been some research done mm. on at the Medical University of Vienna, where people who find enjoyment in gallows humor are linked to higher levels of both verbal and nonverbal intelligence. And see, that is yeah, that's fascinating to me. And I can absolutely see a correlation between those two because, you know, intelligent people are also very much more prone to uh, destroying themselves with booze and drugs and all. They said, you know, it, it, intelligent people definitely uh, are the ones who are seeking relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. T whatever form it takes. Yeah. Uh, and, and it actually does come from Freud's theory on humor, mm. which is that humor allows for a temporary and relatively safe release of usually repressed urges in the <laughs> form of wits. Yeah, interesting. So, so there's, the, I mean, the alternatives finding it in drugs, yeah. alcohol, uh, violence. Yeah. You, you know, it, it, there's, there's all spectrum Absolutely. of release that you can find, but... Uh, yeah, being a genius is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, I mean, and it's, it's that thing that I've always noticed where, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of intelligent people sometimes have those thoughts of, God, I wish I was dumb. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, definitely. My grandfather always said I'd rather be lucky than smart any day. And he was a very smart man. He yep. was an engineer. Yeah. 
And I <laughs> and I think intelligence, high intelligence, does tie back to that. You know, you do, you definitely like that's what I wish I were dumb means is you are very much you're way more aware of all the terrible things in this world. You have a higher sensitivity. Yeah. You have a higher awareness. You are able to understand that all the things that are going wrong with the world yeah. and you feel inept yeah. you feel powerless yeah. to Absolutely. do anything about it it can, it can drive you crazy yeah you would i would love some dumb courage <laughs> that's why we drink yeah it's exactly <laughs> yeah. why we drink yeah you got it because uh before going into some sort of situation you know rather than thinking all of the terrible outcomes that could come from it or just living your everyday life thinking about what could happen at any moment. You just don't. <laughs> yeah. What you if just you just don't. didn't? What if you just didn't? Yeah. It's, it's the same thing with you're sad. Well, what if you just weren't? Yeah. What if you just weren't? Yeah. If you could just stop <laughs> being sad, that'd be cool. Well, if you just, you're too damn smart. Figure, figure <laughs> yeah. out how shitty this place is. Take that. Uh, all of, uh, all of my listeners, all of our listeners, please take that and run with that. Just stop being sad and yeah. everything will be fine. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. Yeah, like that's really helped anyone in the past. Guys, it's okay what you're going through, how how you're coping with it. If you're coping with it in dark humor, if you're coping with it non-abusively mm-hmm. with, you know, various medical substances possibly. Sure. I mean, I'm high right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're all just trying to get through this right yeah and if you see me in your kitchen making a sandwich <laughs> don't worry it'll be all right <laughs> everything's gonna be just fine <laughs> if you see him however in your window <laughs> oh everything's not gonna be fine. <laughs> no no nothing's gonna be fine let me in i need a sandwich <laughs> What else about anything else you want to want to discuss with? I mean, well, I some... think I think one of the most interesting facts about the uh, the the findings of this study also were that the highest appreciation of dark humor, besides the higher verbal and nonverbal intelligence levels, also had the lowest levels of aggression. You, ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that you are un- more unwilling yeah. to strike out and fight somebody because you see the futility in existence really for putting it yeah, in, a, in a sort of a weird way but and but I could like, die. there's this it's embracing absurdity isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely like if you can ab- embrace the absurd the abs- absurdity of life is already kind of wild yeah oh yeah I, I that i hate thinking about it our existence is just an accident, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> and we're a blip. We have no idea why we're here. We have no idea what we are We're doing here. We're circling around on a giant ball. S- space rock. In space. Well, a, a moat of dust. Yeah. <laughs> a pale blue dot, <laughs> as Carl Sagan would call it. It's... I think the coolest thing, by far, is the fact that we are existing. And that we have to do what we can to get through it. Amen. Even if that means making jokes about your dead friends. Or making make jokes... jokes. Hey, make jokes about your dead friends. Make jokes about your dead friends, yeah, guys. And your dead relatives. Yeah, that's fine. They would rather you make jokes. Than be constantly 
downtrodden yeah. by their yeah. loss. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's an interesting spin to take on it. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. I've heard some good jokes about my dead friends, and I really appreciate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for being on this week. Thank you for having me. You got anything you want to pitch? Sure. Like what you're working on? Or? Oh Lord, uh, not yet. I'm not still yet? working on some stuff though. All right, it's, it's in the making. Don't worry. Well, then, in that case, uh, follow us on Instagram at Podcast. like our Facebook page, subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon. Or if you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Thank you all for listening to yeah. this. Uh, you can catch me in the latest newspapers. <laughs> you can catch him on the the dirt rag. Turn it, it turn it to ninety six AM radio. <laughs> You'll hear my beautiful sultry tones all morning. It from sounds 8 like static. It sounds like static, but that's what he sounds like. <laughs> actually, it's kind of amazing. It's seventy one degrees in Los Angeles, everyone. With the L.A. Dodgers, who just came to town as a new team from Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Time displacement. (laughs) Guys, thanks so much for listening. And as always, don't Don't tell tell us to just get get over it, it, you bastard.